So as we approach February, we are looking forward to a lot of things and mostly just looking forward to that. And we're going to talk about episode five of Peacemaker on today's episode of the Geek Watch podcast. This is the Geek Watch podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 136 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petra. Hi, Brian. And so I have been busy looking over February, especially movies, to see what's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that there's a little game we're playing now when it comes to movies. This is a bit of a rough time for moviegoers, movie fans such as myself, because one thing that I've noticed is Hollywood is still in this transitional stage where they're trying to figure out exactly how to put films out. And so it becomes a really complicated dance, I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Now, they are taking more chances on some weird films, but especially with where we live, a lot of films don't get a wide release. And so even if I see something I might like, if I see limited listed next to it for the release, <laughs> then I'm like, we're not going to get it. No, we th- are that's going to be three-hour drive wherever you, yeah, wherever for, you can find it. It's at least three hours. But the thing about it is, like I said, I love that there's some chances being taken, but they're not being taken on wide releases. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I feel like there are some things that I would have expected to get a wide release, and they don't. I mean, there's certain things I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. They may not be geek adjacent, but there are definitely films I'm interested in, like Death on the Nile. Oh, yeah. I'm really... Agatha Christie. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. See, I remember uh, a long time ago the old Hercule Poirot films where you had those star-studded casts, mm-hmm. Peter Houstonoff as Poirot, and now that we're revisiting these films, this was something that you saw more in the 70s and, and part of the 80s, these big ensemble casts. Mm-hmm. We've seen them recently with Knives Out, which I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. I, did you get a chance to see Oh, that? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's got a sequel coming out, and I'm just, where are they going to go with that story? That's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've got Death of the Nile coming out, and I'm looking forward to that. But there was one film toward the end of the month that I was really looking forward to, and it was one that I really hadn't heard a whole lot about. But they're coming out with a new version of Cyrano de Bergerac. Did you hear about this? I have. I've seen all the stuff about it, all the trailers and stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Peter Jinklage as Cyrano and oh, it's yeah. and it's a musical. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and it says limited release. Oh no. <laughs> and that shocks the heck out of me. I would have thought that Peter Dinklage at this point mm-hmm. gets he's, an, he's Hollywood royalty now and yeah, yeah, he's what he does is people listen. People listen when he speaks and, and I thought that that's a really interesting way to play the Cyrano story cuz he also did uh, Richard the 3rd. Mm-hmm. And so that was really about these characters that have physical deformities. They're doing this spin on it with this fantastic wonderful actor that they're so lucky and blessed to be working with. So it it looks really good. I mean everyone looks the costumes look great. The sword fights. There's a joke how many people did you fight 100? Well, 10. And in <laughs> the bar fights they look great and he he always has that good banter and speech so him taking those Cyrano words 
and doing that good bantery with it. I'm, I'm excited to see. Oh, yeah, and I mm-hmm. hope we get a chance to. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it struck me as odd that this would be a limited release, but I believe it's an issue with the distribution, I think, because I think this was an independent project. Mm-hmm. And so I guess distribution is a smaller, maybe, distribution company. And so perhaps they're wanting to play it safe, but... I don't feel like this is a film that you need to play safe, you mm-hmm. know. Whether you think that it has a mass appeal or you think that this may be Oscar bait, regardless, I think that this is something that you would want to put on a wider release. And maybe they will. Maybe this will become successful enough that they'll give it a wider release. But it's been my experience, and of course this was back in the days of normal Hollywood. <laughs> yep. And those days are long gone, unfortunately. Right. Now we have a period piece that's a musical that's, I'm not sure who scored it. You know, it's nothing, because I put it on par with Phantom of the Opera, but right. it's not Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I don't know if that will make any difference or not. Yeah, well, you know, it's strange because it's the double-edged sword. Because of COVID, movies like that are not going to necessarily get a wide release. But if we were in the old normal, who knows if that film would have ever been made at all. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of films that I've seen, little independent films that are getting a bit of a shot of getting made because content, again, it's you just want as much content as you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. But it's like a lot more films get made, but not a lot of them get a chance to break out. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is still trying to work that perfect balance of being able to do a lot of different things, but also to get them out there. And so... Like I said, I hope we get the chance to see Cyrano. I really want to see it. But as you say, this may be a three-hour drive to do. But mm-hmm. first of March, we get the Batman, which is looking really good. We've yes. seen more trailers mm-hmm. for that. And I was curious about Morbius because, of course, we've been talking about that film. And especially with the success of Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. which is still at the top of the box office at this point, And it may wind up being the movie of the year mm-hmm. as far as the amount of money that it makes them. Well, we got some Marvel movies coming out and might give it a bit of a run for its mm-hmm. money. Certainly, Spider-Man is on par to be a billion-dollar film. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for Morbius because, of course, I keep changing the date. And I was like, well, okay, well, what is it now? And I finally found a date for it, April 1st. Okay, now they're just messing with us. <laughs> Seriously, you're going to put it April 1st. Uh-huh. Yo, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously they're just messing with us now That's at when this they should have released the Joker. <laughs> Probably so. So maybe we'll get to see it April 1st. <laughs> But I feel like I'm being punked. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. ADHD moment. Did you hear a story about Willem Dafoe wanting to be in the world of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker playing a Joker imposter? Yeah, I did hear something I about that. I think that is so neat. I wish someone would grab a hold of that and do some stuff with that. And oh, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. He would make a great Joker. Mm-hmm. And even as an imposter Joker or, or even playing a legit Joker for DC film, he would be incredible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would I, I would love to see that he was on saturday night live last weekend yes yeah so. i've seen some clips of it i haven't watched i didn't watch the full episode but i've seen some clips oh of yeah it. he'd be a great joker mm-hmm. now of course i love how in spider-man they got rid of the mask mm-hmm. because of course everybody complained about well, you got that kind of an actor mm-hmm. the expressions he's yes. capable mm-hmm. of and you're going to put him in a mask that's ridiculous mm-hmm. and I love the fact that they just got rid of the mask right off the bat they listened <laughs> they, they listened to the fans for mm-hmm. sure 
I can't wait to see what Willem Dafoe does next. And there are some good films that are coming out, but again, it's just a matter of trying to figure out when they're actually going to come out because mm-hmm. things are keep getting pushed. And when you look at this year, I think it's like only the top six grossing films of this year have broke a million dollars. I think wow. there's only been six films. Yeah, that's... You know, we've got some hope in May with the new Doctor Strange film. And, I mean, there's stuff definitely being promised. The TV shows are where we're going to get our bread and butter for a while. Well, I mean, we got part two of three of The Walking Dead the last seasons coming up on the 20th of February. Okay. And so, obviously, we'll be talking about that Mm -hmm. when that comes up. But that's going to be part two of a uh, basically a three-part season, which is going to be the final season. And I've already seen a trailer for that. I think you've seen the trailer for I don't think so, no. I don't remember seeing a trailer. Well, it came out a few days ago, and they're showing a little bit more about the Commonwealth. Hmm. And you can see, or at least they seem to be teasing the fact that things between Negan and Maggie are going to come to a head. Mm. And so... We've been waiting. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. But obviously, they're going to be setting up a lot of stuff for another, (laughs) you know, we're going to be getting another uh, cliffhanger at the end of this season as well. So I guess we'll see what happens when that comes up. But we're just dipping our toe into February at this point. Mm -hmm. So we've still got... And Moon Knight, that's a series, right? That's my movie. That's what I thought. That's going to be, yeah, that's a Disney we got that. We got Moon Knight coming up. And yeah, Yeah. TV's going to be... Yeah. yeah, TV shows, that's where we're going to get our nerd nerd satisfaction from. Yeah, uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. But, but, of course, there is one television show that we are enjoying right now. Peacemaker episode five. Mm-hmm. And I think we can start getting into spoilers a little bit at this point. I okay. feel like it's it's been out long enough. We can talk about some things that have happened already. Mm-hmm. Obviously, spoilers. Spoilers, <laughs> everyone. But um, go watch it. <laughs> go. Yeah, go watch it. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, man. Episode five. It stepped things up in a real way. Mm-hmm. After the cliffhanger from four, like, where are they going to go now? What's next? Oh, so exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, and again, you're getting these wonderful opportunities to develop these characters. That moment with Amanda Waller's daughter. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember what her first name is. But the moment with her and Peacemaker and that wonderful bonding moment and then that betrayal at the end. Do we know for sure if that happened? Because we didn't quite see what happened, did we? We do know that she placed the diary, but that's assuming that this is meant as a frame-up. Mm-hmm. To be honest, we're not sure why this thing is mm-hmm. being placed, but it's definitely being placed in a manner that Peacemaker's not allowed to know that it's happening. I kind of feel like she might have taken it back. I don't know if she, we didn't see it, but you know, I kind of think she yeah, because I, I really Adebaya is her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be one of the situations where it's like you like that character, and you mm-hmm. would hate to think that she wound up doing a number on Peacemaker, and obviously she wasn't happy about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but she, she's capable. You know, she even admitted I manipulated vigilante. Yeah. into going after Peacemaker's dad. And she fully admitted it. And yeah. I didn't even catch that she was doing it until she said I had manipulated him. I was like, wow, oh, she's good. Yeah, because <laughs> he was talking to him. I'm like, are you really going to wallow him? Nope, but I again, didn't see it at all. <laughs> but but now you're getting to this point again with these characters is you're getting these parallels. Peacemaker, to some degree, is under the shadow of his father. Mm-hmm. 
And she's definitely under the shadow of Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. The question becomes, of course, is, is the child beholden to the parent or are they able to transcend their upbringing mm -hmm. and do what they feel is right in themselves? And so you're getting that wonderful parallel between those two characters. And so now we're at this point where we're at the halfway mark. Of course, we're getting to that place in the storytelling where the stakes become larger. Mm -hmm. The stakes at this point are, of course, we still don't know exactly what the butterflies are, mm -hmm. but we know that there are a ton of them. Yes. And we've yet to see anybody have a butterfly removed from them and they live. Right, yeah. So we're looking at a massive human extinction event unless they can figure out a way of getting these butterflies removed from these human hosts. However, would James Gunn do a massive <laughs> extinction event? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would if he had to. <laughs> he's capable of anything. Mm -hmm. And especially in a show like this where you know that he's willing to take the story wherever it needs to go. There are a lot of these check-off guns over the mantelpiece moments over the last five episodes that have me a bit worried. Mm -hmm. We're really starting to care for a lot of people. Would he be willing to pull at our heartstrings mm -hmm. and devastate us? And oh, the detectives. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that the, their new chief's a butterfly. And oh, yeah. gosh, and when she goes to the couple in the apartment, she just stares and they confess everything. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, as Judah Master said, there's more to the butterflies than we realize. And they haven't really said yet. So that's going to be a big question. But I got to tell you, one of the things that has me worried, they've already shown in the story that butterflies don't just inhabit humans. So we got that wonderful moment of fighting a gorilla that, of course, a gorilla would be a bad situation anyway. But when you have a butterfly in you. Unless you, you have a chainsaw, then but, you're good. <laughs> oh, the, I, I do want to talk about the chainsaw. But when you think of a gorilla's strength being quadrupled because of the butterfly, mm -hmm. It was horrible. Now, some people, they were like, is this Gorilla Grodd? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. he's no. over on, yeah. Yeah, no, they've already set that up. Mm -hmm. But what worries he's me. He's over on Doom Patrol, you know, he's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, but what worries me is they've made it canon in the story that butterflies can work inside of animals. Mm -hmm. Don't you touch it. Eagly, no. Don't, do not, do not. But, you know, the, the butterflies are too big to fit in his little head, so I don't think that a butterfly could fit in there. <laughs> I really hope not. Mm -hmm. But. The fact that they spent a lot of time talking about, well, you know, a butterfly and a chihuahua. So I'm like, would he do something like that? Well, they have been spending an awful lot of time making Eagly very likable and making him a fan favorite. And if they mm -hmm. do that to Eagly, I'm not. I can't be break cool. the rules. Can't break the rules. Well, yeah, I know. It's like, please don't do this, please. <laughs> but again, I'm also of the mind what serves the story. But oh, my God, no, my heart would just absolutely be broken because I love that character. I love Eagly, and we shouldn't love Eagly as much as we do, <laughs> but God, we do, because mm -hmm. Eagly's just so awesome, mm -hmm. and if anything bad happens to Eagly, we uh, riot. We riot. Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody in that show having plot armor, mm -hmm. except maybe Peacemaker, <laughs> but plot armor is just not one of those things that James Gunn is all that interested in, and the spirit of this show has always been, hey, anything could happen, which is awesome. But the bad news is anything, anything could happen. happen. <laughs> That's what makes watching the show exciting. But at the same time, are we in can for be devastating? It yes. could absolutely be devastating. And we've got this issue with Chris's brother. What really happened to him? Obviously, that was 
really devastating. Yeah. Just the question of who the butterflies are and <laughs> how are they going to come up with a solution. Honestly, are the butterflies the bad guys? Are some of them bad guys? Some of them good guys? Mm-hmm. Certainly, at this point, I have no idea how this is going to end. And that's so exciting. (laughs) It is. There's a lot of opportunity to tell story here. And like we have said a bunch of times, James Gunn is somebody who has actually taken this material seriously. And he has made it much better than it has any right to be. (laughs) It would have been so easy to make just a goofy little show with some violence and some profanity. And we would have been happy with it. I feel like I would have been like Jules in Pulp Fiction standing in that kitchen going, hey, I would have settled for Taster's Choice, but you're giving me this gourmet. (laughs) And that's how I feel about this show. I would have been pleased with James Gunn having some fun with the show, but the fact that he decided to step it up, this just makes it so much better. I'm loving what's going on so far, but we've only got four episodes left. We're over the halfway point because there's nine episodes. Okay. Fortunately, this isn't Doctor Who, so I'm not worried about a lot of the plot threads <laughs> that haven't been... They're going to get tied. They're I feel like they're going to get... Set, off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to be... There's no fringe left. No, really, we're getting this wonderful story. We're getting all this great character arc stuff, and the mm-hmm. pacing is fantastic. I'm almost tempted to say, Chris Chibnall, watch this <laughs> and learn, but it's too late now for him, <laughs> so why bother? But, yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. And right now, in January and February, where the pickings have been kind of slim, thank goodness this show is out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best shows on television right now. Mm-hmm. That's really, it certainly raised the bar for this type of show. You know, there's a lot of great shows that are being promised at this point. And, of course, we're still looking at release dates. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at a lot of the Disney Plus stuff. And right. it looks like we're going to... coming out. Yeah, um, and a third season of The Boys. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. very soon. And so. um, I don't know if you ever listened to Critical Role or anything, but uh, Vox Machina. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's on Amazon, and it is these voice actors were doing their own D&D game, mm-hmm. and they decided to podcast it and record it and podcast it. And then Amazon said, hey, why don't we make that an animated series for the D&D fans out there? Give it a, a shot. It's pretty cool. I'm trying to remember if, if it's on Nerdist or I'm trying to remember... Geek and Sundry, I think, is where they're... Mm, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Geek and Sundry, uh, okay. the YouTube channel, where they've done a lot of the streaming for that game. Uh-huh. But I know that they've been bringing some outside actors. I think David Tennant is a voice in, in really? Vox Machina. Oh, I, had, I, didn't, I didn't see that on the, the list or anything. I'm yeah, I think, he's, yeah oh, I think he's, so a, yeah, he's a voice char- uh, uh-huh. a voice actor in it. So, yeah, that's going to be yeah. that's gonna be awesome. And so. um, I don't know if you really care for parodies or not. There's a show on Netflix... The Woman in the House Across from the Girl in the Window. I think I got that right. It's a parody, mm-hmm. but it's not like your scary movies. It doesn't, you know, show a, a scene from a movie and then something really gross. It's more subtle, like Top Secret and like Airplane. Mm-hmm. It's a parody of the horror movies. The Rear Window. Look, you know, you watch something happening over across the street and you get paranoid. But it's got some really subtle humor, like the endless amount of casseroles that come out of the oven. And I find it hilarious I and mean, much better than like the gross out moments of like your scary movies and stuff that I think. Yeah, more it's more Hitchcockian and that sort of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's this on? On Netflix. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it's a Netflix yes, show? Yes, mm-hmm. and Kristen Bell plays the, the woman and I think you're getting this right. The woman in the house across from the street of the girl in the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very much like a parody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Netflix, again, they, mm-hmm. they bring a lot of good stuff. Of course, they were like the first real streaming service that 
was bringing out a lot of great content mm-hmm. to the degree where a lot of people decided to bring their own offerings. Of course, they're also doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is going to be a oh. modern... Yeah, it's huh. supposed to be a direct sequel from the original film. It's going to be based in modern times, mm-hmm. and they are bringing back... I don't know if it's the same actress, but the final girl in the original. Oh, yeah, that ends up in the truck. It winds up in the truck. Yeah. Apparently, she's going to be a character in this, and she's an older woman oh. who. Here's, but here's the thing about that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but this oh, seems yeah. like this is just the new Halloween films, just a uh, different version of uh-huh. it, because you bring Jamie Lee Curtis back as the older woman who's been waiting for Michael to rear his head again mm-hmm. uh, so that she can get revenge, and this character's doing the exact same thing. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. it, it seems to me very derivative mm-hmm. of the modern Halloween films, because it feels like they're just doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. When what we really want is the Battle Royale, bring Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, and mm-hmm. Pinhead all together in one film for us. We want our Infinity War uh, oh, Endgame yeah but with the horror villains. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm wondering how good this is going to be. There's a lot of nods to modern society. In the trailer, they have this moment where a bunch of these kids are on a school bus, teenagers. Leatherface shows up. He's got his chainsaw, and everybody pulls out their phones. (laughs) And and one of the guys in the front says, you don't want to do nothing, you're going to get canceled. (laughs) And, of course, he sticks his chainsaw in him. It's like, so... That's, yeah, that's kind of a Dreamers Creepers nod there. That's yeah, like it's like, <laughs> dude, you want to calm down, you're going to get yourself canceled. It's like, yeah, like this guy cares. So I am a huge fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the things I loved about it was the, it was a cheaply made film, mm-hmm. but as they say, you know, blood's the one of the cheapest special effects out there. And actually, the primitive style of filmmaking works in the favor of the film because it Almost feels documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it feels real and scary. And this film doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the sequels to Texas Chainsaw Massacre couldn't really measure up to no, the original. They were a little silly. Yeah. They were a little silly. Mm-hmm. And so I think, honestly, I feel like this is going to have more in common with the silly sequels than the original film, which okay. is, to me is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. You didn't quite see everything, you yeah. know. Like, I think when he takes the sledgehammer and hits the guy in the head, you you see him shaking like he's in a seizure, but you don't really see brains coming out. He drags them off before you can. And oh, yeah. It's kind of like your mind made up what was going on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it was, again, that just the cheap way that they made it gave it a, a cinema veritas feel to it. So you felt like you were, you were watching a snuff film. You mm-hmm. felt like you really did feel like this was real Mm -hmm. and it was so weird and just off-putting and it doesn't seem from the trailer that we're going to get that type of a feeling and that's that's a disappointment to me Mm -hmm. because i really uh hope that we would no lens flare no again you know texas chainsaw massacre it's a hard act to follow and Mm -hmm. i guess we'll definitely see but like i said we've got peacemaker that's been keeping us occupied Mm -hmm. i've been watching a bunch of the second season of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Oh, it's uh-huh. so wonderful. It is so wonderful. Yeah. I love, uh, and I've talked about this show before, but what I love mm-hmm. about it is it's like, first of all, Jeff Goldblum, he's just a wonderful character to follow around. He's got that 
childlike joy about him. And Mm -hmm. no one's like Jeff Goldblum. And then just basically point a camera at him and he's like, well, I want to know what sneaker culture is about. I want to know about fireworks or or monsters, things that would have seemed common everyday stuff. And he does Mm -hmm. these deep dives on popular culture and he just has the spirit of wanting to know stuff, this childlike innocence of all this stuff is interesting. I just want to know more about it. You know, and these episodes, they're short. They're 20 to 25 minutes long. Oh, really? Okay. But you get to go on this wonderful journey. And what's that streaming on? It's a Disney Plus, but it's okay. under their National Geographic is mm-hmm. is the channel, basically, okay. the whole. But yeah, if you do a search for it. But it's a fascinating, wonderful show, and it's joyous. It's just such a joyous show, and yeah. I, I love it. It's one of my favorites. And I think I said when Disney Plus came out and they said, hey, we have this show. It's called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. And I was like, dude, I, I would buy the channel just to see Whatever that. that's about. Whatever <laughs> it is, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> and I am definitely in, and I've enjoyed it. And I would love, when you get a chance to see it, definitely we can talk about it because it's such a fun show. Mm-hmm. It really is. Toward the end of February, we'll have Walking Dead to talk about, and of course we'll continue to talk about Peacemaker, but there are a lot of things coming up here soon, hopefully, and mm-hmm. uh, there'll definitely be stuff that we'll talk about. So, But with that said, we come to the end of episode 136. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.